0: Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today. Today on Watching Your Wealth, what you need to know about the new financial aid rules. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York. Here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Matt Summer is vice president at Janus Capital Group. Welcome, Matt.
1: Yes, thank you for having me today.
0: Matt, our pleasure. So, Matt, first, give us a brief overview of the new financial aid rules affecting college financial aid.
1: So, historically, the free application for federal student aid was to be filed as early as January 1st for the upcoming academic year Mm -hmm. but there is a rule change that's effective October 1 of 2016 so for the 2017-2018 academic year which of course begins in the fall Mm -hmm. rather than the window opening January 1st the window will now open October 1st 2016 for that 2017-2018 academic year so in short the process starts ninety days sooner, which really should streamline things and make the process much smoother so the basically other uh-huh. is that beginning with the new October first window, mm-hmm. we are now going to follow something called a prior prior year rule, mm-hmm. which basically means you look at your tax return two years back, so for instance. For the 2017-2018 academic year, we'll be using the 2015 return. For the 2018-2019 year, it'll be the 2016 year, uh, 2016 year tax return, so on and so forth.
0: Got you. So all these changes affect the FAFSA. It's also, you said the free application for federal student aid. People also know that as a FAFSA. So essentially, you're having to file, you're able to file that FAFSA three months earlier, and it's based on earlier tax returns. So people need to know that. So we've got October 1st as a key deadline. You can start filing that FAFSA as early as October 1st. Now, what could happen? What could be some of the the negative consequences if we, we miss that deadline and we file we think we can still file in January. I mean, we could still file in January, but if we wait too long, what could happen?
1: One of the things that people need to be aware of is as a result of the new FAFSA rules, many colleges who also award aid um, have changed their financial aid processes to coincide with the new October first window. So for instance, the College Board, of which two hundred and sixty institutions are members, uh, they will also use prior prior year and they will also adopt the new October first deadline. And so now what we're talking about is aid that's awarded by individual schools, which is of course different than aid that is awarded by the federal government. So it's very, very important for people to understand what their specific schools are going to do. You don't want to be waiting until January 1 to first get in your paperwork when the window opens October 1, 90 days earlier, because oftentimes with school aid, there only may be a limited sum. And so you want to make sure that you get your place in line.
0: Indeed, and it could be first come, first serve. So you, if you apply late, you have less chance of getting that money, as you said. What are some steps families should be taking now if they do, in fact, have to apply for October 1st for their college as well?
1: Well, for the October 1st uh, deadline, whether that's going to be the federal uh, application or an application that's associated with a particular school, one of the first things that you want to do is begin to get your paperwork in order. And what's really nice about this rule change is the fact that the tax return that you're going to refer to has already been completed. Well, nice. So for the 2017-2018 academic year, you're pulling out your 2015 return. Even for people who are still on extension and won't file until October 15th, mm-hmm. that's only 15 days after the window opens. Mm-hmm.
0: That, that's a good tip. Now, what is this- this mean for folks who are sophomores in college? Does it, what are the implications that we need to be thinking about?
1: So for sophomores uh, that are currently in college, and I know it may seem like a long time away, mm-hmm. but believe it or not, uh, when it comes to their senior year, which again, it may seem like a long time away, as a result of the prior prior year rule, uh, we're going to use the 2016 tax return, which is the year that we're currently in so it's important as part of year-end planning for the end of twenty sixteen if we know that that tax return is going to be critical in being able to obtain aid two years from now when that individual is a senior in college Uh, It's very important to think about that in one's year-end planning, and that may include perhaps uh, delaying income, uh, maybe holding off, selling appreciated securities until the following January, maybe even accelerating deductions. Of course, for students who are juniors and seniors in the current academic year, it's a moot point. Because, uh, assuming a four-year college uh, career, of Mm -hmm. course, there won't be any need to refer to their 2016 return.
0: That's kind of nice for for the parents, too. Now, what does this mean for grandparents? If they're thinking of, say, I want to make a gift to my grandchild who's in high school or college, what do you say to them? When should they time that gift?
1: Well, a couple of different options for grandparents. Uh, One is to take advantage of their annual gift exclusion. That's the $14,000 for single individuals. Couples can do $28,000. And one of the most popular tools that is used by both parents and grandparents when putting money away for college is a 529 savings program. Mm -hmm. Uh, As an alternative, uh, sometimes, particularly with students who are about to graduate high school or who are current in college a 529 may not offer that many years of potential growth so as an alternative what grandparents might want to do is pay tuition directly Mm. rather than making a gift to a savings account and the nice thing about making a gift directly to a higher education institution is that it does not count towards your gifting limits
0: nice any last tips we've got about 20 seconds left uh in terms of understanding this new deadline for the fafsa
1: The most important thing is for individuals, especially if they uh, do not receive federal aid but do receive school aid, is to check with their respective colleges and universities and see if, in fact, the window is opening October 1st for you as well.
0: Great tips.
1: Thank you so much, Matt. You're welcome.
0: Would you stick around and take our fun financial quiz?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: All right. Great. You stick around, too.
1: Hi, this is Jason Gay, sports writer at The Wall Street Journal, and I have a podcast called Free For All. And guess what? It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some real estate, some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. It's the Free For All. Become a subscriber on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts, and check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts.
0: WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York,
1: here's Veronica Dagger.
0: Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. Now it's time for Janice Capital Group's Matt Summer to take our fun financial quiz. Matt, you ready? I am ready. All right, Matt, what's the best financial advice you ever received?
1: Best financial advice I've ever heard was for individuals to buy an umbrella policy or an excess liability insurance policy. Hmm. These can easily be obtained by the same carrier as your auto or your homeowner carrier. And the reason why it's so important is because the average jury award for negligence in our country is about $3.2 million. And individuals are able to obtain umbrella coverage uh, at a relatively modest cost.
0: Nice. Worst
1: financial advice you ever heard? worst financial advice that I hear has to do with hiding money. Hmm. People often think about or conjure up strategies to hide money, whether it be from the government, whether it be from creditors, whether it be from a soon-to-be ex-spouse if someone is going through a divorce. Uh, I have always found that a lot of times these strategies don't work out as planned, and the consequences typically are worse than being transparent and upfront with those potential creditors all along.
0: Indeed. Fill in the blank. Money can buy. Money is a tool.
1: And the best thing that money is able to do is to help families reach their fullest potential. And that could be a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But money is a tool to help family members accomplish their dreams and aspirations.
0: Nice. Money can't buy
1: can't buy good health
0: that's so so true. just as we
1: make deposits into our 401k plans and our savings plans it's very important i think to make deposits towards good health whether that's exercise sleeping right eating right mar- managing stress all of that helps in the long term
0: and lastly if you want a million dollars after tax what would you do with it
1: I would do three things. The first thing I would do is pay off my mortgage. The second thing I would do is make some gifts to local charities that are important to my family. And then I would likely bank the balance.
0: I like it. Great fun. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Thank you very much. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. And now, look for us on the Google Play Music app on Android devices.